Hi, um, welcome to this new episode of Learning to Flip. Um, in my last episode, I said that I will be recording uh, an interview with my uncle about um, just kind of what he does for a living because it, it relates to f- flipping. So um, please tune in. So my first question is, when somebody asks you what you do for a living, how do you respond? I respond that I'm a used commodity dealer. I buy and sell it. I like to use commodity dealers because they kind of look at like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just tell them, you know, I buy and sell antiques and collectibles, and they say, what are you going to buy? And I say, it doesn't matter. Just, I think I can make money on it, I buy Any, so nothing really that specific that you buy? Just anything, I guess? Yeah, nothing that specific that I buy. Usually older stuff. You know, usually it's got an age of 20, 30 years or more on it, mm-hmm. stuff that I buy. But there is no, there's no limits to what I've bought. And um, so your channels of selling are like through eBay. Do you sell anywhere else? Yeah, I sell at um, antique, and, antique markets and flea markets on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And, then I have, and then I have customers that I... I know what they collect, and if I get that stuff, I call them up, and I have a list of um, customers, the collectors, collectors that, you know, I cater to. Okay, so, like, over time, you've kind of built up, I guess, relationships with customers. Right. Yeah, okay, that's that's interesting. Um, also, okay, so my next question is, how did you, like, get involved with this line of work? Like, what made you want to just buy stuff? I knew you were going to ask that yeah. question. All right, when I was eight eight or ten working up at my dad's grocery store, I would always pull the old coins out of the register, the silver silver coins back then. You could find silver coins back in the register. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started collecting coins, and then it just grew from there. And then people would come in, and they'd buy packs of baseball cards only to look for Cubs and White Sox. And they would throw the rest of the cards in the trash. So I would take all the other cards out, and then I'd put them in rubber bands and sold them at my mom's garage sale back in the day. Because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hell, it was a venue, baby. So then when the beer drivers came in, I would ask them for some beer advertising signs. I'd say, well, I'd hang some up. So I'd hang some up for a couple months and take them down And so then it just ballooned from that. Did you happen to make uh, any profit when you were a kid? Oh yeah, I was making profit. I I ran a I had a also I had a um in the summer I had a lemonade candy stand on the corner and I'd buy boxes of candy from the liquor store at wholesale and I'd take them and I'd sell them on the corner <laughs> and you know I made money there too. So, yeah, I was making money back in the day. But, you know, I started with coins, mainly. Okay, so I guess it was, this is kind of like in your blood. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's it's in the blood. I can't, you know, help myself. (laughs) Okay, so, like, after you kind of, I mean, obviously you were selling stuff as a kid, but after that, like, how has your, like, career, like, gone through, like, how has it evolved over time? How's it involved? I've done many things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to know that. Yeah, I ran like, a liquor store. 
I ran a liquor store for 35 years, mm-hmm. and when I was running the liquor store, I was selling, at one point I was selling gold jewelry in the liquor store. <laughs> you know, 14 karat gold jewelry, because I could buy it at wholesale prices, and I could sell it cheaper than the stores, and, you know, still make money. And then also, I had a coin shop at the same time I had the liquor store for 10 years. So I ran the liquor store and I had a coin shop that I was in partners with. And then I sold my half the coin shop out and I was running a collectible shop in Geneva. Mm-hmm. And I got out of the liquor store for a while. Then I went back into the liquor store and I was traveling doing shows, toy shows. I was big into toys at this point in my life. I was doing toys mainly. I was doing big toy shows all over, like five, six different states I would travel when I still had the liquor store. Then I started doing eBay. I still had the liquor store. (laughs) I got rid of my other collectible shop. And then I got rid of all that, and I was flipping houses for three, four years. Now I'm doing this full time. Wow. It's a lot of yeah. How's that? Huh? It's, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. So, out of all those things, what would you say was like your favorite? My favorite was probably running the liquor store because I like that because I communicated with the people and everything. And there's the you know, I'm a kind of people's person. Yeah. So you're kind but of. But I own buying and selling stuff. The thrill of buying and selling stuff. So the liquor store was good because it, I got to meet people all day long. But. Uh, Collectibles I like the best because I've kind of techniqued it down. I just like buying and selling stuff. I don't care if I make $10 or $100. It's still a profit, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just happy when I can buy something. I make. I don't care what I make on it. It's just, you know, it shows that I can do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, any, um, like, what are the most important lessons that you've learned throughout your career? Just don't give up. Just you know, just mm-hmm. keep at it. If you like it, just keep at it. Don't don't get frustrated. You know, because you're gonna you're gonna have some bad buys. I have a lot of bad buys where I paid too much for stuff, and you just can't you know quit or get all mad at yourself. It's gonna have. It's a learning experience. Mm-hmm. You learn from your mistakes. You've heard that saying before. Yeah, and that's how I've learned how not everything I bought was good, but. Next time it came up, I remember what happened last time when I bought it. <laughs> you remember, oh, don't buy that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I'm out of this game. I'm going to buy something else. Yeah. So, like, kind of going off that, like, what are what is, like, one of the biggest challenges you faced? Like, as far yeah, as buying or selling something. Like, did you buy something and then, like, have to, you know, come out of debt? I don't, I don't know. Like, any, like, big challenge that you remember facing? No, I'm pretty smooth on stuff, so I don't let stuff bother me too much, so I don't have no big challenges. Okay. I've, been, I've been pretty good on That's pretty. It. That's good to hear. Okay, uh, other yeah. question is, uh, in what ways has the technology industry, especially kind of pertaining to your line of work, how has that evolved over time, and like, what have you noticed? Oh, well, it's evolved big time for me, because mm-hmm. before, before the internet, it's what you knew got you through a lot because what I knew and what you 
there were two different things. So at a show, I could buy stuff off of other people's tables, and they had no idea what they had, and they would do the same thing for me because I had customers. And but now with the internet, you can just go and look stuff up, so it's harder to buy stuff at a show for a good price because everybody looks things up pretty much and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So this changed my so instead of doing a lot of shows and making a lot of money at the shows, I'm making my money on the internet. So I have a wider audience, so it's better for me. But the buying, I had to tweak my buying down to a different style because of the fact that things changed and the sellers gotten wised up on some stuff where I knew a lot more than they did or whatever. Mm -hmm. So technology changed from me having to making my money at the shows and going out hustling shows and make, finding my stuff to now I sell it on eBay and I make, I find my buys through estates and stuff like that. Yeah. At houses, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's changed so fast. Like, do you remember, like, when the smartphone came out? Like, did that affect your line of work at all? Which, what, just recently, the smartphone? Yeah, because now people can look stuff up right mm-hmm. right instantly, you know? First, when they had the computer, they had to go go and look it up at home or whatever. And I still had them because I know what it's worth without looking it up. And then, now with the smartphone, they can just punch it in right there and figure out what it is, so. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, the technology definitely changed the whole rim of things, you know, from how I do it, but you just have to go with the flow. If you don't cha- adapt to the changes, yeah, then you don't work. That's how come I do all kinds of stuff now. I used to do just coins, I used to do just toys, but it got so tight in the markets, I had to expand out. Now I do stuff that people don't realize it's worth money but I know it's worth money because I've been doing it so long and I make my money that way so I buy in volume my key is buying in volume I buy yeah. a whole garage a whole basement mm-hmm. or a whole room and then I piece it out one piece at a time but inside that volume I usually find a, a good piece which we call a home run that's worth you know, a lot, you know, pretty much money, and I didn't even know it was good. Yeah, so I guess... But I took the chance, you know? I, I would call that, in my day, the shotgun method. You just take a shot, and maybe you'll get a hit. I don't know, you know? Right, so I buy a room full. I see the stuff I know, and I price the room according to that, but I take everything with me, and I don't shy myself from researching every piece, pretty much, unless I know it's no good. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in pieces you think are nothing turn out to be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, you got to do your homework. I sit on the computer a couple hours a day sometimes with a box or two full of stuff and just typing in keywords and trying to find that item and seeing if it's worth something. If not, move on. If it is, I list it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just a, it's a chance to take, but the... The, the money is made in buying and volume in, in boxes of what appears to be junk for nothing. And then you just research it and you'll find something good if you 
do your homework right. Yeah. I never actually thought of that. Yeah, that's how I make my money. You know, I buddy, he buys and buys them, but he gets in so many houses that he he flips it. He doesn't do eBay and stuff, but it doesn't matter to him. He's making his quick dollar. I buy from him, and I piece it out, and I make the slow dollar. I see. So we work out good. He gets in all the houses, and he knows what's good and what's bad, and he makes his money selling it right away in volume. And giving me a hedge and then I still make money because I'm piecing it out there we go okay so my last question any advice to anyone who wants to who's interested in kind of doing what you're doing like any piece of advice yeah I don't think you're going to get rich overnight on it the <laughs> process the process you got to go through but if you like it just work at it but if you're going to do I tell anybody new at it concentrate on something that they know or concentrate in a trend or something and start slow like that you know start with one or two subjects learn the subject you know work that and then from there you can expand but don't try to do everything at once good advice so like if I would tell you I would tell you to Find out what the trend is. Now, every Christmas time, there's a hot toy. Never fails. It's a hot toy, and it usually sells for double than the list price because nobody's got it. But it turns up in September. September and October, you can usually order one, pre-order it. If you can figure out what the hot toy is, you can pre-order some. And then in November, you can sell it, and you'll make a profit. But you want to be out by... December 5th or 6th because then it's going to go back down after they all get them for Christmas presents. It's usually a boy toy in the range of 10 to 16 year old boy toy is normally what the hot toy is. Okay. Just a little info, you know? Yeah. It's usually a, a, a computer game or something, you know? Oh, yeah. It's usually, yeah, it's usually a computer game, boy toy, toy a kid would play with between six between maybe 10 and 16 or that and that'd be the hot toy for you if you know pokemon and and magic cards i would concentrate on buying collections of them if you know what they are and mm -hmm. usually 90 percent of them are gonna be garbage but you might find a handful of good ones and condition 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 is the key for anything you buy yeah. If a card is beat up, then it could be a dollar card, but if it's in mint condition, it could be the same identical card could be worth $100. Yeah, that's crazy. So condition, condition, condition is another key thing to remember. Just because it's good, if it's, piece, if it's all busted, it ain't no good no matter what it is. All right. Some, all right. Uh, yeah, good advice. Nice talk. Thank you for listening uh, to my interview with my uncle. Um, please feel free to um, come back for the next episode in about a week. Thank you.